it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show, today is the 14th of May. We're almost to the middle, guys. It's, it's just crazy. But either way, it is 5.30 in the morning in L.A., and today is question day. And my questions tend to, it's funny, you know, the vibe in the air, tend to be similar. So you got to hear this one. I had this one last week and didn't have time to read it, but this is the question. It's from India, and it says, How to deal with brothers and sisters who have done wrong to you. I mean, I, re- I mean really wrong. Should one succumb, especially if you have been living alone from decades overseas and got problems of your own, but your ailing old father wants you to reconcile? not through a process, but just by submitting as I am the youngest in my 40s. So his father has a wish before he dies that the family reconcile what this person feels is really wrong in their family. And I thought, gosh, a lot of parents do that. A lot of people want to fix things before they leave. They don't care what's wrong. All of a sudden, whatever was wrong feels irrelevant. And the reconciliation is the only relevant thing in their mind. I have to fix this before I go. This is my family, and I don't want them fighting. I think in the long run, they will be better. You know, they start thinking like this. And then I wrote him and said, you can't fix anything alone. If the others do not want to solve something, then you can't solve it with them. You know how Christ always says, if one person doesn't want to solve the problem, the problem will not get solved. But when you're passing or you know you're passing, everything is solvable to you. Like, why are you holding on to that anger? Get over it. And they oversimplify because now the details no longer matter, right? 
But when we're here and we don't think we're going anywhere, we can't see that big at times. So I wrote, it's not an easy situation. However, your father can reach out to them and tell them the same thing instead of putting it on you. And if they are willing, that you will listen. Because there is something going on here that relates to my next question, and I'm going to read that one. Good morning, Nadia. This is from Maria, and Maria just recently lost her husband. Thank you for your shows. It has helped a lot by understanding how to support our loved ones when they are going through very challenging times with health issues. Also, thank you so much for Dream Theme Thursday, where you kindly and lovingly interpreted my husband's dream. He felt understood. The next day, Friday, I was going to ask you about passing over to the other side. I don't know why, but I wanted to talk about it. My question was, and still is, what is the best way to help the soul of our loved ones that departed and our souls here? So we're we're asking a lot of questions about, you know, wishes of people who know they're leaving and what happens to the people they are leaving behind. Because we are always left with something. And and right now, as I speak to you, this is teeter-tottering in my life every single day. And has been. We keep going. It's an amazing illness. Illnesses. I mean, I'm teetering between three and four major diseases and a fighting soul. A soul that just is fighting every day. So how could you not help? How could you not be there for them? But what no one knows is what I'm going through. As the person taking care of them, being that person, which the two people that wrote are, in one way or another, They are the caretaker. They are the confidant of the soul that's fighting itself. So how can you support the person who left and the people that are left behind? If they're family members, brothers, sisters, children. And what we keep missing still is taking care of ourselves first you will teach those around you by your actions there's nothing anyone can do for a departed soul other than love them and let them know they were loved let them know that they have made a positive influence on their lives because again like the father the same things that we look at in life are looked at differently. We no longer are nitpicking. We're like, what are we doing that for? What could be so bad that our family has to fall apart? Or someone else feeling like it's their responsibility to still take care of everyone because that's what you've been doing all along, making sure everyone was and is okay. 
But the truth is, if you don't tell anyone how to feel or try to fix them, then they will learn how to fix themselves because you will be learning how to do that too. A lot of us feel like we have enough to fix everyone. I'm one of those people. But at the end of the day, if I'm not taking care of myself, none of that's going to stick. The only thing that's going to stick is the pressure I'm going to feel trying to take care of them and protect them. But there is something to know here. There are two different kinds of grieving. There's an anticipatory grief when we are with people who are actually ill and some may want to leave, some may not. But we know that at some point something is something is going to change. One day they will no longer be in our lives. And I know that that's going to happen to every single one of us. But when someone is ill, it's right in front of us and the chances of it happening are real. So we are anticipating. It's like a normal morning. And it happens when a patient... You know, like they're in your in the hospital or they're somewhere or your family member is expecting a death. Experience before someone dies doesn't make the grief after the death last a shorter amount of time. And grief that follows an unplanned death is different from anticipatory grief. And sometimes you're going to go through both because you know that they're sick. I'm going through that now, and it's not easy. It is a bag of tricks at best because the emotions that come to us when we know someone is ailing, and in both cases that was true of the people who are asking the questions today, They have a chance to take care of unfinished business, which is what this father's trying to do. And in Maria's case, they had warning that there was illness. And in my case, same. So examples of that would be asking for forgiveness, giving forgiveness, saying thank you, saying goodbye, saying I love you. The anticipatory grief is similar to grief, the normal grief, but this is where your questions lie. Every single person, whether it was a planned or unplanned passing of our loved ones, is still going to go through what they call the five stages of grief. And every single one of you will go through it differently. Time periods between the different stages may change for all of you. But how can you help each other in this time? Like Maria's question, 
how can she support her loved ones? The one who left no longer needs your support. Just can see and hear every thought you have now. It's okay if some of your thoughts are like, why would you do this to us? Or I'm so upset that you left. I'm angry that you're no longer here. And they understand everything. They know it all. And all they do is give you back love and support. They are now supporting you. You no longer need to support them. They are completely whole now. We are still veiled over here. So just remind them. Remind yourself because it will make you feel better that you love them no matter what happened in life. Like the father who's already anticipating trying to fix his family. But there are five stages of grief and all the souls left behind will go through it and go through them. They found psychologically that everyone goes through these same five stages. And the first one is denial and shock. You're still not, you just saw them yesterday. How did they die? Where are they? Where did they go? (gasps) They're just not here all of a sudden. Even though you've been working with them and they're sick this whole time, even to that level, once they die, you are no longer visiting, you are no longer helping, you are no longer fixing. And for a lot of people, that fills a void Later, that you try to put other people in that place of caretaking. Like, well, how do I now take care of everyone who's left behind? Well, they have to, no matter what, go through this themselves. Now, what we can do is what I suggested to this man and what I will suggest to Maria is that let them know you're there if they want to talk about everything. You're not going to ignore the fact that this happened. And if you need to talk, also talk. But be one of the people that are healing, not the leader of the pack. Because grieving doesn't have a leader or a facilitator. Grieving is you go through these five stages, the first one being denial, the second one being anger. And sometimes the anger is just that you're going through it. That you feel left behind. Or that they asked of you something you feel like maybe they shouldn't have. Whatever could be going on, whatever anger you have, it's like those last remnants of whatever come out and heal. The denial helps you once you're over the denial, see that that person really is gone and you have to filter through all those feelings of, well, now what? Well, who am I without them? What will I do? But then you come to a realization that this really happened 
And then the anger of how did this happen? What could I have done to stop it? Why was I not there? Whatever it is, it will all come out because you are finalizing, you are completing this relationship. Then you start bargaining to feel better. Start bargaining. I could have. I should have. Why didn't I? And at the end of the bargaining, you realize that everything in life really isn't in your hands. You can't decide when someone was born, and you can't decide when someone is done. All you know is that you shared this much of their life with them. I say it all the time that, you know, when I was with my mom and she passed away in front of me, and I said, wow, she didn't come with me and she didn't leave with me. It made me feel so weirdly insignificant that I only knew her in the time I knew her. But I wasn't insignificant. I was just meant to be her daughter. She was meant to be my mom. I thought that day, and I honestly, I couldn't believe she died. I still like dialed her number and called her, forgetting, because I lived in a different state. I got used to not seeing her regularly. But that bargaining, you just want to see them again. You just want to have a last conversation. But then you find out at the end of the bargaining, that door is not closed. You can always talk to them. That's when people who never believed that a soul went somewhere start to believe. Because they feel like, I can have that that conversation. Wow, you know, there's more to life than I thought. I am upset that they're gone. I am angry that they're gone. I couldn't believe it for the longest time. You hear people say these things all the time. And then you sink into a place where your passion feels stifled, that death is possible not just for them but for anyone. And if you go into depression, don't feel I know that sounds crazy. I have to say it to myself too, even in this time, because this is really, this is a ball of wax that I'm dealing with here. Conversations with doctors are different. I have been to doctor's appointments since March 20th, every single day except for weekends, in some way. Everything in our life points towards this illness right now. But when we hit that point of depression and you start feeling like, wow, even the things I enjoy, I don't feel like doing now. Take a deep breath. Please tell yourself this is normal. Remind yourself that this is in God's hands and not yours. And believe me, you're going to have to do it more than once. 
more than twice, more than 10 times. It's definitely not easy. But keep reminding yourself that this is not in your hands, that you are doing everything you possibly can, everything. Remind yourself that this is a normal part of this. Yes, I am depressed about this. I am not depressed about everything in my life, but I am depressed about this. Remind yourself of that. Please try to stay in the light of, hey, this is working, that's working, at least my bills are paid, at least we have food on the table, at least our family is grieving together, at least we are bonding This passing did not take away from us. It is enriching us. It is reminding us how beautiful life is and can be. Because these are the ways we support. For the young man who wants his children to reconcile or or Maria who would like her family to support her family, the departed are in their strongest strength right now they are in their glory this is they've finished their work here they are like you know they they graduated and we're still in school and they came to teach us grieving by their leaving basically So once you pass through that depression, remind yourself that you're right on cue. You're exactly where you need to be to be able to heal. Because right after depression, right after depression, you have acceptance. You accept that this has happened and you accept that you're still okay. Denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, and you go on. There is Liam writes, didn't your mom make a big smile as she left? She did. She did, and thank God I saw that. Because every time I went through the Ah, the feelings of missing her. You never stop. Or the day I called her and realized she wasn't there and and it was, my God, she died April 8th. It was in June sometime. I remember driving and calling her to tell her I made this one, the grape leaves that she taught me to make and she always told me to make them really small because it was the grape leaf, not the rice, that was the important part of the recipe. Called the teller, I just made a whole pot of a small one. And then it hit me that she died, and I could not stop crying. Everyone grieves differently. One of my sisters from day one was bawling her eyes out. The sister that was with me when my mom passed and saw her face, we looked at each other and we told each other, God, we can't even cry. Did you see how happy she looked? Holy cow! 
I want you guys to know that every single person who passes, once they realize where they are going, is in peace. In perfect, pure peace. In perfect, pure happiness. When we get to witness somebody who is on their way, they're ill mentally or physically, and they are passing, and you get the privilege and the honor of being part of their life, and you start to hear them talk, they start talking to you in a different way than they've ever spoken. Because now certain things that probably mattered a lot to them, they could care less about. Anything that they thought they wanted, they realize, well, what is that doing for me now? Why did I want that? There was a a man, he was a CEO of a company, and I can't tell you his name, and I know I saved the article, but this was maybe 15 years ago or more that I read it, because I actually read it. It wasn't like I found it on the Internet or anything. And he wrote a letter to his children because he knew he was passing and he wanted to give them what he concluded somehow about life. And he said to them, and this is the only thing I remember from the whole thing, is he said, it doesn't matter what kind of car you drive as long as it takes you from one place to another. I'm really sorry that I just found that out now. And I thought, oh, my God, at least he found it out. Forget that he just found that out now, because once we know we're leaving, our lessons, our culminations just start filing in really fast. Everything we've learned, we start looking at it differently and wishing we saw it differently, and some of us go into grieving for ourselves and start saying, I wish I could do that again, and they really mean it, like it's bothering them. I'm, I'm witnessing that every single day. When we drive past the ocean to get to a doctor's appointment, and they say, God, I really want to surf, when they see the surfers out there. And then I say, You never surfed before. I know. But I would like to. Boy, I really want a hamburger and fries. But you never ate that before. I know. But I would want to. I just didn't eat it before because... I didn't want to mess up my diet. I said, well, now, you know, they make better versions of those things, but because of all the illnesses, those are things that they can't eat anymore. But I'm watching them witness the fact that life is still here and they are weirdly disconnecting from it, knowing that there are certain things that are just off their plate. They can no longer do or their minds, their minds fluctuate from older age to childhood 
and nothing in between. They don't remember a lot of details to stuff they did in that middle time, that murky time. And they'll be like, wow, that was so important. I can't believe I can't remember that person's name or I can't remember what happened. And I remind them because I know the stories and they go, really? And I thought, wow, how irrelevant are our experiences? Can't even remember them. Thank God I was a good listener because I'm able to remind them who they were. It's crazy. But denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, no one can escape from when it comes to people leaving. When it comes to people leaving, we are all going to leave. We are all going to go home. We're all going to die. We're all going to go what we call heaven, whatever or however you look at it. We're all going to be okay. And we're all going to be better for it. Allow the people in your lives to go through what they need to go through and be a good listener. Most of the time, that's all anybody needs. You guys, on that note, I love you all so very much. I will see you Monday morning. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.